Chops TV. You will be chopped. Know what that means? Licking my chops. Today I will show you how to do a karate chop. Simply saying, no, he doesn't have the chops to do what it takes. New thing. I'm busting chops. Welcome to Chops TV, featuring Jennifer Lopez. Now here's Chops. We are also joined today by Kit, our dog. As you sometimes hear in the background, she might make a little bit of noise. You might hear the little pitter-patter of her little toesy-woesies. Today, she's got a squeak toy, so if you hear an inadvertent squeak, that's probably Kit. But as always, we are both here. I'm Chops. I'm Jayla. What's up? Party people. (laughs) Yes, and December is fully in swing for us, so we have totally hit the Christmas movie trend. We're trying to watch 25 for the 25 days leading up to uh, Christmas Day, and I think we're on a decent track. We're going to have to get a couple of doubles in there, and we have not had a double day yet, but if we watch one tonight, I think we'll be in a good spot to, to keep going forward, and... We've already watched a few, and that's what's going to be a little bit of this podcast today, along with some other things. I tell you what, for people who are not aware, this is the season, okay? Not the season, like, trademark that, the season, okay? Capital T-H-E season for Mark Finch, okay? He <laughs> I thought you were talking about for everybody, and then all of a sudden no, you just throw no, it on me. Oh, no. wow. He is Mr. Christmas. He would legitimately star in a movie, except it's not a movie because it's real life, where he falls off or he gets a, kicks a guy off the roof and he becomes Santa. That is that is absolutely a possibility for you to happen well, in your real life. That's the plot of the Santa Claus. No, I know, but that could be you. That and could I, be me. I know I mean, he's maybe like, it will be this year. Who knows? And you would be the happiest man on earth. You yeah, I wouldn't love really Christmas. I don't think I would fight it the same way Tim Allen did in that no. movie. If I became Santa, I'd just be like, all right, sweet. Let's go live at the North Pole. Give me that hot chocolate. Cool the, hat. The little elves are running around. You, you can meet the head yeah. elf. He's a cool guy. See you, him. And you've been talking a lot about hot chocolate this year, too. I like hot chocolate. Apparently. So does everyone. You oh. don't like any temperature of chocolate. It's because we were watching Polar Express and they hot did chocolate. A, they did a whole song about hot chocolate and I guess I didn't understand the fanaticism of hot, milky chocolate. Really? You didn't know that people liked hot chocolate? I mean, I know that... It's most popular around this time. Obviously, you're only going to want it when it's cold. It's not like a coffee substitute. People drink that year-round. But definitely most popular in December and maybe a little bit into the year. But it's really this month is Swissmas. I don't know how they stay in business. It must. I think it's a Nestle company, so it's obviously not the only thing. But like... They can't be making a bunch of money throughout the year. They must wait for December specifically. So like my little brother and sister, when we would go to diners, they would always get hot chocolate. But I just thought they were picky and like chocolate. No, hot chocolate is delicious and it's great this time of year. And you can mix it with, you can put marshmallows in it. You can put peppermint flavor in it. You can put rumplemints in it to get that peppermint flavor. It's a very versatile drink. I mean, I'll raise you a mulled wine. I love a mulled wine. A mold wine is good. It's um, very sophisticated and, and a lot more effort to make it. You know, hot chocolate you can heat up some water or some milk if you're one of those people. I've done it before. It's just not. I don't drink too many glasses of milk anymore as I've gotten you into don't? adulthood. Your bones are they perfect? 
My bones are perfect. The house don't fall when the bones are good. And has this house fallen? <laughs> um, but yeah, you can make it in the microwave, boom, hot chocolate, or even the kettle. That's still easier than mold wine. We should get a kettle specifically for mold wine. We have a pot for mold wine. No, no, no. You get a kettle and you put the wine and all the stuff you need in there and you just shove it. I guess you can open up the So top for people who haven't had mold wine, you put like dried oranges other spices you could put pretty much anything in a mold wine but you let it stew on the stove and then you pour it and it's hot wine yeah but imagine how much easier it would be if you could just kettled it and it woo woo and then it was ready and you poured it into your mug yeah it I has think, to be a mug no it's it needs to be a pot something about the i don't know i'm not the a, aromatics of yeah the pot something like that and how it works okay i got well, one for christmas though so oh you got another set no, I mean, I got a pot for mold wine for Christmas. Oh, yeah. I don't think we've used the specific pot. Well, yet. here's the thing. We got it on Christmas, so we didn't have time to use it in the season because the season's now. Yeah, that's one of the, the detriments of getting things that are Christmas specific. That yeah. happened to me. Yeah. I got two pieces of clothing, clothing that are Christmas specific last year. And then I lost all the weight, and then they didn't. They don't fit me. Well, no one told you to lose a toddler, okay? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess, but I didn't. I didn't decide to stay very fat just so my yeah. Christmas sweatshirt would fit. And honestly, that's an act of uh, non-commitment from you. We're gonna need a little bit more effort. Oh, more effort to stay fat so <laughs> yeah. that my Christmas clothes fit. You know how British people call weight like tons or like stones. Yeah, we use tons here. With but tons, we don't yeah, use but stones. mostly stones instead of like pounds. You drop pounds, like you'd lost like a. 30 stones or whatever uh-huh. you should come up with the metric of weight for yourself it's so impressive how much weight you lost so fast <laughs> also concerning no i'm not concerned i'm i'm doing all right i'm not concerned i'm fine <laughs> i'm just talking about what what did you just say in the kitchen what i don't remember if you smelt it <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah you, you gave me a piece you're eating like a little donut and you gave me a piece of it and i said if you just chew it and get the flavor, you can just spit it out and not take in the calories. But it was like a plain Edamons donut. There was. <laughs> I was also joking. I understand that that would be disordered eating, people. That is not what I do. Not do that. That was just something I I threw out there to Jen and non-committal. Well, now it's on our podcast. Back to oh the yeah, point Christmas of the Christmas clothes. Maybe I could bring them back to the place and switch them out, but only if the planets align and they allow me to do that. Which brings us to our first topic today. Oh, God. I didn't even know what you were doing. That's how That's how far out that movie is. I had no idea what you were leading into. Far out. Okay. So there was a new movie called Family Switch that was coming out, which I guess Jennifer Garner is just making family movies now. She made that Yes Day movie for Netflix. And then a couple of years later, she makes this Family Switch. Ed Helms is the dad. R.I.P. Electra. I don't. Well, we don't need more Electra, but I think Jennifer Garner could do some other things besides these family movies. Yesterday was we sort of watched that one. I think we put it on once. It was terrible. This movie also terrible, but it does veer into the so bad it's good territory. Plus, you stack on Christmas. We'll get to it just like they did. <laughs> then it was a reason for us to to turn it on. So we decide, okay, let's check this out. It's Freaky Friday, but with the whole family. All six people, including a dog. Dog is the Wild. sixth person. Wild. Are going to switch. Quick plot synopsis. It's Freaky Friday. They all have things that they have to do. The girl has a, the daughter has a soccer game she has to play, and the mom has an important work 
presentation. The son gets bullied and has a crush as he's kind of going and, through and adolescence. going to college, kind of. There's whatever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> oh, you dropped it first, not me. Um, the baby and the dog switch places, which we'll get to, but they don't have anything to do. They just, they switch places. We'll get to it. And, you know, like in every Freaky Friday movie, the dad has to try out for a Christmas-themed version of America's Got Talent where Howie Mandel comes to their town just so their band can perform. Oh, and the band is Weezer, by the way. <laughs> This band that hasn't been discovered yet is so, Weezer. Well, no, it's his band. I but know, I know. The actual movie, it's the guys from Weezer, which I was like, well, look, that's the guy from Weezer when, mm-hmm. when they first came on. Okay, so that seems pretty straightforward, right? Does it? Uh, how do they get there? <laughs> they go to the Griffith Observatory. Observatory, that's a tough one, which is famous it's in tons of movies. And they are going because specifically the planets are all aligning. So they, you know, you can, some sort of event for it. Maybe you look at it. You bring your dog for whatever reason. There's also uh, some sort of, I don't know, like fortune teller, kind of tarot card type lady. That's kind of the vibe she's giving off, played by Rita Moreno. And she sees that the family is bickering. And so she decides that they should all switch places. But apparently she can't control who should because it was the dog and baby did not need to switch mm-hmm. places either way that's how we get there again some weird details in there but most people would expect that as a family movie pretty straightforward once you get into the movie though you immediately notice that something's not right here and despite it only being an hour and 41 minutes it took us at least three hours to watch this movie Yes, that's not an exaggeration. Um, I have to disagree with you. I think that it's a very convoluted setup <laughs> because we were... Well, but it's a setup that we... You know, like Groundhog Day is kind of convoluted, but for the most part, we understand... If somebody says it's a Groundhog Day movie, you get it. If somebody says it's a Freaky Friday movie, yes, you get it. Yes, in that respect, I guess it is somewhat simple. But even like leading up to that, it felt, one... Like, it took forever, hours, I think, because it did take us hours. The well, we sheen, kept going back to check on dialogue. Yeah, and, the sheen on the movie was weird. It felt like you were watching a fake movie before you even got to the, the switch part of it. Yeah, it really felt like it had that sheen that, like, a Lexus Christmas commercial has yeah, on it. Yeah, I'm surprised that song wasn't in there. Um, it was directed by Mick G, who's... Done various things. He did the the early two thousands Charlie's Angels, and he's done a bunch of other Fantastic forgettable film. stuff. Full throttle. Woo. He's also an adult who like insists on going by Mick G. Like that's not his <laughs> like, a, full given name. Yeah, that's a real Fred. That's flag. His, yeah. like whatever pen name for director would be, and it's ridiculous because he like he's not cool enough to go by Mick G. You just directed the family like Family Switch. Like that's it. You you can't go by Mick G anymore. I'm sorry. You can't direct Family Switch and your name be Mick G. Now, music video director. Boom. Mick G. That's great. But no, you cannot be Mick G and not have a soul patch. While we're on him, another thing that tricked us up in this one. Um I think Mick G has possibly uh, it seems like he has a lot of friends, but I think he might have that vibe that like Michael Bay has that I that, you know you've heard about from people like why are you in this Michael Bay movie? It's fun. It, the, the set experience and the uh, making the movie with certain directors people really do enjoy. So they'll say, okay, I'll latch on to the project because this is an incomplete list of the cameos in this movie. For some people who are, they're basically all in two scenes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Each person is it one for the the setup, and then one for once the family is switched, and so the the interactions don't go right. But you've got Paul Shear, King Batch from the you know he was famous from that Vine. Guy, yeah. I think he's just on Retainer at Netflix. Yeah. Everyone finally just shows up in a Netflix movie. The Dan Band guy was in there. He was like the valet at work for Jennifer Garner's <laughs> character. As I mentioned, Weezer was in there. Howie Mandel, Matthias Schweingofer. I'm not good at. German, but he's the one. He's the the German neighbor, and I thought I recognized him. He was the safe cracker in Army of the Dead. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So yes. he's in there as well. Pete Holmes is there. There's there's more. That's not that is not the complete list. But when we were watching it, yeah, there was just like, why are there so many pretty famous people who would be probably like at the very least supporting level, like real supporting characters in a movie, and they're basically extras. In this, and that's the only thing I can come up with. People just might like working with Mick G. Okay, so we get past the setup for the Switch. We get past all the rando cameos that start, they start to happen fairly early on because it's only an hour and 45 minute movie or whatever. Then we get to the Switch, in which case, okay, hi, Jinx, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't know who he is. The one's the dad, and oh my gosh, okay. But then you see the baby who's the dog oh man so they wake up after they go to the planetarium and they get the switch which apparently rita moreno does the magic but she also needed to take what i understand when she took the picture on one of their iphones it went through the it like lit up and went through the iphone into space showed the planets (laughs) aligning came back down like through the telescope and to Rita Moreno, and I was like, so, "Does she need the phone?" <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Why would <laughs> like it? we shouldn't we shouldn't question it this much? But the movie is just absurd and asking to be questioned. Yeah, and it's like I get that we're at the planetarium, but did we need to be thrust through a black hole to get that magic was happening? Like in Freaky Friday, the incredible version with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like an earthquake in the Chinese restaurant. And oh no, the magic's happening. Okay, and then everyone wakes up and, and there's all goofy. A, a, a fortune cookie. Yeah, like we that know makes the sense. crack not of the earthquake. It's, it's and, not an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Shell shock grandpa's fucking freaking out. Like that's fine. Because we get that the magic is happening. It is absolutely zany the way that it depicts the actual switch happening. Well, and like a family going to a Chinese restaurant for dinner and then maybe the daughter and the mom getting in an argument. Presumable setup. Family going to... like is Are the planets aligning like a thing that people go to? Is that that important that the family had to bring the dog even? Like, the dog is a weird... And it's Christmas. Let, let us not forget. The I don't... I Yes, well, they forgot as the movie would go... 30 minutes at a time without anything Christmassy being done. The only thing that, that is truly Christmas that like is a part of the plot. And obviously you could just switch out any song for this, but the Ed Helms is banned. The kid is Ed Helms, but Ed Helms is still Ed Helms, whatever. They play Santa Claus is coming to town, like the Bruce Springsteen version. Um, but obviously you could just make that anything else. Everything else Christmas is really tacked on. And that's what I think they did with this movie. I think they saw that they had a clunker and were like, well, if we just, tack on Christmas and make it a December release. It's already filmed in L.A. We don't have to worry about fixing the the weather or anything. It doesn't have to be snowy. It doesn't have to be cold because it's in Los Angeles. So we'll just throw Christmas on it, throw it out in December and, and see what it is. And it worked because it's the reason we watched it. We probably wouldn't have watched Family Switch if it didn't have a Christmas tie-in right now at this time of year. 
but the f- we were skeptical of it and like mm-hmm. yeah we'll give it a try and we were watching it and the it was already weird but that moment where they started to show the baby, the baby. and the dog we were like okay this is on a different level of strangeness cuz the baby is inexplicably CGI like I feel like you could get he's like a toddler age he's not an infant I feel like you could get a toddler to like do some dog things like give him some direction and say oh stick your tongue out here lick from the bowl nope they don't do any of that they don't even get a a dog trained that can walk on its hind legs that the dog is CGI too and it's supposed to be walking around like it's a toddler and they're both Obviously, I think it's usually only for humans, but somehow even the dog is also in the uncanny valley. It does yeah. not look right at all in any of the scenes. The only way that it can be described that that first time that you see the baby and the dog and they have switched is something is like a scene concocted from the bowels of hell <laughs> and put on my television screen. Audible screaming from me. Actual horror. I've felt more scared watching that scene than anything in October. Even The Exorcist? Especially The Exorcist, because that's not a scary movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it was It was quite frightening. and Quite frightening. Well, I was like, you were looking down at your phone or something, because, sorry guys, spoiler alert, we didn't pay super close attention to Family Switch. We did get more wrapped well, up in it as time went on. Especially in the beginning, yeah. But you were looking down at your phone or whatever, and the baby came up, and I was like, oh, that, that doesn't look right. And I was like, Jen, you got to look at this. And when you looked up, it was just the dog. The dog looks a little bit more normal and, you know, CGI animal. You're, you're kind of used to, but you're like, oh, that doesn't look right. And I was like, no, no, no. And I hit the little back button. I go back. And then they show the baby, and you, yeah, you were audibly like, oh, my God. Literally. Well, I, so again, wasn't paying too much close attention because I thought I was watching a fake movie. So I didn't realize that the dog was even at the observatory and that the dog and the baby were meant to switch places. So I thought, what the hell's wrong with that baby? And you're like, it's the dog. Yeah, like, the, oh. the baby is acting like the dog, and the dog is acting like a baby. Uh, the other switches are the the dad and the son switch, and the mom and the daughter switch. Which okay, let's get into that. Yeah, they create very weird things where there's a point where the mom's friends come over. This is while they are switched. The mom's friends come over and think something's up between you guys. You don't seem like the normal loving couple that you are. And so to prove to her friends that nothing's wrong, they kiss. But they're both grossed out about it, and me, the viewer, is grossed out about yeah. it because the, this is brother and sister. I don't care that they're in my dad's body. Like, yeah. why is this part of the plot? It's weird, and I think they, I think they thought it would be like a funny, ha ha. Look, the brother and sister have to kiss because the friends are egging them on. But it's like, ew, why are you making <laughs> yeah, and like <laughs> siblings do incesty things? It's like so strange. They're doing it to prove a point, but like you could get that same joke across the first morning that they wake up. Like, say they're like spooning and they both like are weirded out, like, oh, your mom, or this isn't right, or okay, then that one's like a mistake. This one is they're grossed out by it, but they're choosing to do it. Yeah, this one it feels like someone should have been someone else should have been in the editing room. And that's not even the only weird thing they do in this vein because, as I mentioned, the dad and the son switch places. And the son has this crush on this girl. And they set it up where, like, I keyed in on it. I was like, okay, so the dad's like, Ed Helms was apparently cool in high school, which is not the right guy to cast for, like, he grew up 
and became this guy, but he was the coolest high school guy. Like, that's not Ed Helms. Whatever. But he's trying to help out the son by saying, like, no, high school can be easy. You can be cool. You can be free-spirited and get along with everybody. And then you get the girl, and high school can be a really fun time. But to do this, he, like, does things in place of his son, which, okay, is the premise of the movie. But he starts to kind of flirt with the crush, which is already weird. And then I was like, are they going to, is he this grown man in a kid's body going to kiss this like 16 year old, 15 year old girl? And they almost do it. She actually goes in for the kiss at one point and he holds up a box of Cheez-Its product placement, big product placement movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, he doesn't kiss her, but still like dangerously close to what that means and the implications of all of that. This movie needed a few more once-overs as far as the writing goes. The only thing they did was, because again, I feel like they had to do this on Christmas, because on Christmas Eve, I believe it is, or Christmas Day, whichever one, they go and they they get switched back after three days. Okay, so you're telling me that all of these super important events happened on, like, December 23rd? The girls in this soccer game in, uh, like... What looks like an MLS soccer stadium. Like, it is crazy for this high school soccer game that, again, is on roughly December 23rd. The mom has her most important work presentation that you could possibly have, which is to people outside of the company. Nobody works the week of Christmas, not to the point where they're having, like, big business meetings like that. I'm sorry. I just don't. I just don't buy it. She's not in, like, that. I don't know. They just say the firm a lot. It's kind of, is she an architect? They're, they're Hmm. pitching like building something. Unless you're an elf and you have to pitch a children's book. There's no reason that you should be working on Christmas Eve. But yeah. And it it just doesn't make a sense. The events that are planned for this week of Christmas in this movie, nothing about it makes sense here. I have a really hard take that I just came up with. Okay. The only acceptable Christmas movie that takes place in Los Angeles, California, United States of America, planet earth. Okay. is The Holiday. And that's only because half of it takes place in L.A. And it's a great movie. I don't want to see a single movie about Christmas taking place in L.A. doesn't feel like Christmas. It's a license to just tack on Christmas to the movie if you don't really care about it being Christmas. You can film it whenever. You can you film it whenever. Or you don't have to worry about making sure that you have snow around or doing any of the decor like that. You really barely have to do the costuming. The most they yep. do is just throw a Christmas sweater uh-huh. on somebody. I agree with you. Some people may, might push back with Die Hard is in Los Angeles. And, you know, there's the whole debate of whether or not that's Die, a Christmas yeah. movie. But that's obviously there's a whole different thing going on in Die Hard. Like, you can call it a Christmas movie. I don't really have a problem with that. But Christmas isn't exactly, like, central to telling the story. They use it in their story pretty effectively. Yes. Better than Family Switch, actually, which could have easily <laughs> been a Christmas movie. It's about Family. family, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the easiest, but like, it, yeah, it just feels like it was just thrown in there to the point where we questioned while watching it if this movie was created by an AI. It feels like it could have been for sure. It definitely feels like a fever dream throughout. <laughs> yes. Um. So I am doing a Chops movie review for this one. So no, it doesn't actually get a full-on recommendation. I'm giving it an F. I, I, it's like truly from like a movie sense. It's that bad. But on a so bad it's good rate, I'm in like the B, B minus range for it. Um, I think it would be a fun one to throw on. Maybe, you, maybe you've had a few mold wines. You're, you're home with your family. Throw it on and people can laugh at it. It's like the classic like throw popcorn at the screen type movie.
Do not watch this alone. Do not think you're getting into a nice, feel-good Christmas movie. This is a laugh at it with your family or friends and just, like, question what you're watching. But it feels like it takes a long time. But it is only an hour and 40 minutes. It's I would bad. I would recommend just watching Freaky Friday, the Lindsay Lohan version, with the Santa hat on. And it's basically the same thing. I mean, it would be basically the same thing if you just played Bruce Springsteen's Santa Claus is Coming to Town instead of Pink Slip's final performance at the House of Blues. Which, why would you do that? I- I know, but then it would be the same movie. Somehow make I, somehow I, Freaky Friday makes yeah. more sense. I, I raise you pink slip with jingle bells. Jingle bell rock. <laughs> oh, a, la, well, a la Mean Girls. Now pink we're, slip. Now we're mixing things. What if Katie Herring? Heron? Heron. Heron? What if Katie Heron? It's Katie. And the girl, Lindsay Lohan and Freaky Friday, what if they switch places? There's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Homeschool Jungle Freak, great movie. Can't wait to see the uh, the not your mother's Mean Girls. Before we start this discussion, I want to give a trigger warning for anybody who has any issue with children adult relationships. Before we get into this next movie, so this is our trek away from Christmas here. But you might be tricked if you don't know what you're getting into because the movie does have the title of December in it. Uh, oh, yeah. It's called May December. It is a drama. Jen wanted to watch it. And as always, I'm going to open the floor to you to introduce I'm this so movie. I'm so bad at these. That you, I wouldn't say you forced it upon us, but you were excited. Is not the right word? Adamant. You, I was yeah, adamant just that we watched really it. really wanted to watch it. So it's got everything. This movie has everything. Pedophilia, Natalie Portman, a goldfish. Not enough hot dogs. <laughs> Not enough hot dogs. Um, so the premise of this movie is that Natalie Portman is an actress getting ready for a role. And it, it seems to be like a Lifetime-esque drama kind of movie. Ripped from the headlines type yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, and she visits this town to basically shadow the subject of the film, which is a woman who um, had an affair with her seventh grade pet shop employee so when it when the affair initially happened she's like in her 30s and he's supposed to be a seventh grader and she is the manager or something at the pet shop store yeah and yeah apparently things get hot and heavy enough that they uh they get in this relationship and they actually get caught in the storeroom is is a detail they throw in there it's it is an intriguing weaving of details that they do there. And uh, I talked about how Family Switch felt like it'd take forever. This movie, despite being two hours long, actually, I thought, had pretty good pacing. It's not a perfect movie. Yeah, I didn't, f- I didn't feel the length of it drag. No, I thought, I, I, I thought it had a, a, good little, a good little setup and everything. But it is a, a straight drama. And that's probably why it was... I don't know if it's getting any theater, theatrical releases, but... It's also on Netflix right away. And that's kind of where these movies go. They used to make dramas for adults and put them in theaters. They don't really do that anymore. And this was kind of a, a throwback to that. And I, you mentioned how it felt a little bit like the Lifetime movie. And now it's like the rip from the headlines and all that stuff. Did you get the sense while watching it that they were almost trying to hint at that? That like some of the... Some of the choices they made in the direction and especially like the music score did have that TV movie feel to it. For but obviously sure. with Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman on the screen, you're there's like a 
It was like a cognitive dissonance to it because those yeah. are two real movie stars, really talented actors, Oscar winner level actors. Yet it also has this feeling of like, yeah, I just turned on the TV and my mom was watching Lifetime last time somebody was in this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. It did feel like that. Almost like a, taking a genre, very like niche genre, and then like dumping an ungodly amount of money into it. But it's still having like that weird sheen of cheapness to it still almost like almost like soapy like there's yeah, like a weird yeah. filter and the colors are really muted but it also feels like it is gonna turn into a thriller in the in the way that like natalie portman is playing the actress and like what she does and maybe that's something that like kept us a little bit on the edge of our seats because it did have that feeling at first i thought it was going to be really bad um there was a movie i don't even remember what it was called with Mila Kunis uh, that we watched a couple of years ago, or maybe it was just last year, where she was kind of living like a fake life, and she had been a, a victim of a school shooting, and st- so that like felt like they were trying to throw in like a hot button issue on it, and I was worried that that was going to be this movie, and no, it didn't veer into that, but there was also that like you said, the thriller view of like, is somebody going to die? Is something going to happen? Is there going to be a big blow up? And there's not. It stays really understated. The entire time. And that actually makes a lot of sense because the characters are all really understated. The three main, I'll say adults, even though you feel there's some arrested development for the the kid who was, you know, I guess, what's the word? Uh, were they groomed yeah, <laughs> by her? Yeah. No, no pet store pun intended. And then he doesn't really like go through the normal things that you mature through. And he doesn't seem to be like a fully well-adjusted adult. But all three adults are like messed up people. His isn't quite his fault. So I'm not blaming his character. Julianne Moore is the worst of all of them because she's a freaking pedo. Pedo. You're a pedo. <laughs> um, and she's also a manipulator. You, they, they hit that really hard. But they don't say it out loud. They don't have any of the characters say she's constantly manipulating people. They do allow you just through... Her character stuff. Natalie Portman seems like just apprehensive to the whole thing, but really wants to to research this. And as time goes on, you, you get this weird sense that there's something wrong with her. Is it Hollywood starlet totally detached from reality? I think it's a little bit of that. I think the big thing with Natalie Portman's character, and they kind of get into this at the end of the movie, which is another really understated ending to the movie. Instead of being an actual person herself... She appears to dive so far into her characters that there is no person. I like Johnny Depp. Kind of like yeah, it's the extreme end of the uh, what's it called when they method method acting. That's what you get from her. Yeah, for sure. Also, the like her inserting themselves, her inserting herself into their lives. To the degree of which it it does become awkward towards the end of the movie where they're having like intimate family dinners yeah. and she's there. And the only one to say anything really is the eldest daughter who's like removed from the situation already. She's already off at college. There's not really... It, it would be a weird movie to like think of in a spoiler alert. But we'll, we'll leave some of the ending details back here and, and not get like directly into them. We told you that nobody dies, I guess. So sorry, yeah. everybody that ruined a little bit for you. So you might not have the, the same on the edge experience that we had, but you're right. Yeah. The way she inserts herself into the family is just odd. And then you get all the, I thought some of the 
most interesting interactions were the the guy and like his other family. Yes. Like he doesn't he does not feel like he's one of one of the guys with his dad. That is a strained relationship that that feels off. He doesn't appear to have any peers except for this butterfly Facebook group that he's in. And he's kind of flirting with a girl that's in the group who's probably more age appropriate with him and actually has interests that he likes. He does seem to not really have a substance like abuse problem, but kind of wants to just be numb a lot of the time. Like Julianne Moore like points out on me, like every scene he has a beer. Not that he's like pounding liquor or anything, but every scene he does have a beer. So there's something there. But then he also he does uh he does that joint with his with his son who's like, You've never done this. So his yeah. son who's graduating high school is like, You've never done this. But he doesn't fit in that, even though that's kind of where he is maturity level still, because mm-hmm. he, he's very stunted. And all of those are really eye opening to just how isolated this his life has become because he went forward with staying with the woman who abused him. Yeah, abused him and seduced him and groomed him when he was a seventh grader. Yeah. And it carries into the performance too. His is probably the most interesting one. As you were saying, like understated. The whole thing is just uh, very, just right beneath the surface. Like you feel this like tension with him always. The way he's like curled into his own body. He never quite knows what to do with his hands. When someone shows interest in what he's interested in, he, there's like a little bit of like, like a very like visible spark that, but almost in a childlike way, we're like, well, let me show you my bugs in the living room. You know what I but mean? But then that like, that level of embarrassment that sometimes like a, an older child might feel that like they're excited to show it and then they realize, oh, this person's not really into this. They don't think this is cool because it's not cool. But everybody has little nerdy things they're into. And usually once you get to adulthood, most people feel comfortable just having their interest. And he's, he's at that point where he can dive into the interest himself but yeah, he's kind of embarrassed about it being broadcast to other people. Yes, and he doesn't have um, until a certain part of the movie, but he doesn't really have like big shows of emotion. Nobody really does, um, except for Julianne Moore in those private moments with him where she's crying about the pie and he has to constantly, you know, coddle her and like make sure she's like emotionally secure, even though he is the child in this situation. And I think part of that is also, you know, an extension of her manipulation that like he was gone that day. He was on a walk with Natalie Portman, which that gets weird and everything. But he comes back and it's, is she really upset about this or is she upset that, he wasn't home when she wanted him to be home. So now she's mm-hmm. acting like everything that's going on is such a big deal. Yeah. I don't under, like, I guess, it, do they just like have book deals and stuff like that? Cause her baking can't afford this nice yeah, waterfront I mean, property in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. they. I mean, I think they show a couple of clips of like different versions of like the same scene. There's one that, kind of looks like a porn parody there's another one that looks more like a daytime drama kind of thing and there was a book deal and you know people do interviews and stuff like that which she had done and so yeah they're definitely making off money off of it some way again that tension though with him sort of like carrying through the film is that the last of the children their children together are graduating going off to college and he's sort of stuck in that situation without them. And 
you can tell how much he cares about his kids. It's really like his identity is like being a father to these kids and it's like his main job and his main role. So with the impending sense of that feeling needed leaving and like real purpose, I think the trying to now live together in his une- his uneasiness about the whole the whole situation i think is starting to like come to the surface a little bit more now that the kids are departing was the ending too ambiguous or do you think it was just like the right amount of thought provoking that you're like okay what message are they actually trying to send with this because there is again there's no like giant third act like huge blow up there is something that happens it's a big deal but it doesn't it doesn't have that feeling of like oh this is the climax of the movie and then it just kind of ends at the end well i felt like there were two endings so there's the first ending with the conversation with julianne moore and um charles melton that felt like its own ending for those two which i would i would say is probably the more interesting of them but the ending has a line where the whole the whole time like she's trying to develop what this character is going to be for the film Natalie Portman um, is finding like a sense of truth from the thing you know what mm-hmm. I mean and that is intriguing in itself but I think the actual like message of the movie is more so about like the abusive dynamic of these people it's also a commentary on like Hollywood and like how desensitized it is to stories of people who are really affected by tragic things yeah and almost callous in a way too yeah like she keeps referring to them as characters and at one point he's like we're not characters this This isn't just something somebody wrote this is this is my life Mm -hmm. um yeah so i think if you're somebody who Definitely, if you like like the, the Lifetime type movies, I think you would definitely like this. And if you are yearning for something that's just a little bit more adult drama that isn't just spectacle-filled, it's an okay movie. It's not great. Not great. Not bad. Great performance. B minus, probably, is what I would say. Yeah. Maybe C plus. Yeah. It, it's, it's, in that, it's in that realm. But it's available on Netflix, and you can get it. And finally, because it's December and we've been telling you about this, we're keeping track of all the Christmas movies we watched. We already talked about Elf last week, but we have also already watched Xmas. Let's do them in order. Just a quick little blurb on each one. Xmas on Freebie has the guy from Upload, has the girl from Gossip Girl, and basically a family likes the guy's ex-fiance so much that they invite her to Christmas when he says he's not going to Christmas. Then he shows up at Christmas. And that you can probably guess what would happen. But I think as far as like one that's just available on Amazon Prime's freebie service, a fun little one that did a lot more Christmas theming stuff than Family Switch did. Yeah. If we're rating Hallmark movies on a different scale, this is for not a Hallmark movie, a great Hallmark Christmas movie. But they do do that step up that a lot of the services do where they just make it a little bit more real world. Not like that it's like realistic, but it just... I don't want to call it like adult, but like it does have a little bit more bite to its humor and stuff than yeah, a Hallmark yeah. movie was, which are very squeaky clean. We did watch the cartoon trio, which we are counting as one movie. So the 
Dr. Seuss is how the Grinch stole Christmas with uh, where they just read the book and it's it's all animated, a Charlie Brown Christmas and Mickey's Christmas Carol. My favorite of those three is Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, I it's one of the my favorite adaptations of the Christmas Carol, which has been adapted in so many ways. Obviously, there's a Muppets one, there's so many different movies, there's the Jim Carrey one, but I like the Mickey one the most with Scrooge McDuck and he's he's just He's just a curmudgeon, as Scrooge's want to be. One thing I will say, Tiny Tim is supposed to have, like, tuberculosis and, like, other things. And it's like, couldn't they have just gotten across, like, sick kid a little bit easier than, like, putting him on a crutch and stuff? Maybe it's just a realistic depiction of what being a kid who was sick was like back then. But that was something I noticed this time watching it, is that it really hit it hard that Tiny Tim is sick, just so you know. Well, just in case you forgot, he's, like, mad sick. If you didn't know that he was sick, he also has the crutches. Yeah, exactly. And Grinch is one of your favorites. Grinch is definitely my favorite. The cartoon version in particular, uh, the original cartoon version, not whatever the fuck Benedict Cumberbatch did a couple of years ago. Um, so good. The music's incredible. Really funny. Um, I will say the most underrated of the three was the Charlie Brown one. I think the Charlie Brown specials get better as an adult. I would agree with that. We already talked about the Polar Express, but there's the hot chocolate scene, which I really like. The singing is good. It does have an Uncanny Valley feel to it, but I grew up with it, and I read the book when I was a kid, and then this movie came out. Love Tom Hanks as well. So Polar Express is one that I go back to just about every Christmas, and you were actually more excited to put that one on when we when we got to it. Yeah, Polar Express definitely freaks me out, but I don't know what it was about. I was sort of like craving that uncanny valley from Polar Express. So You were craving it? You wanted to see the weird looking people? Yeah, I don't know what it was. The little elves. I don't know. I, the, I don't know. At the end, it's Steven Tyler and Aerosmith singing Rocket on Top of the World. And that's where it loses me. Why and is that where, part of it? I don't know. It didn't need to be. Tom Hanks easily could have done it. He in, did like three other roles in the movie. Well, and in like 2005 or whatever, it's not like Aerosmith's the biggest stars in the world. Like, why did that have to be tied in to this children's Christmas movie? You're right. It should have been Maroon 5. Remember, the true meaning of Christmas lies in your heart. Of course, we watch Famous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what he says. My mom had a little plush Santa when that movie first came out. He's holding the bell. And he had a little thing, and that's what he would say. She got it at, like, a Hallmark store or whatever. Of course, we watched Family Switch, which we talked about at the beginning of here, and then got into another classic one this week, Home Alone, because I was very excited, because we found the Home Alone Lego set, and this falls into that category you were talking about earlier, where it stinks when you actually get a Christmas present that makes sense for Christmas, and then you have to wait a whole year. So when we found this in the store, I just opened it now, and I'm, like, eh, a third of the way through already. Gots to do it. It's an awesome Lego set. It'd be fiscally irresponsible not to open it before Christmas, you know? Right. And now it's going to be part of our decorations. So really, I'm just building decorations for our winter wonderland here at home. If I were doing girl math, I could get that down to basically free. There, Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point about that. All right. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> we're going to continue watching Christmas movies. We'll break those down for you going uh, forward. We will probably take the week of Christmas off. We've got family coming into town. We've got a wedding on the second half of that week. Man, that's going to be a really busy week. But at least two more here for December, I think, is what's going to happen uh, on Chops TV. And I hope everybody enjoys the holiday season. And if you're in the Christmas movies, 
Try to keep up with us on the list. Let me know if you'd like any of my family to be on the podcast. That's absolutely not an invitation to my family. But I give the people what they want. So if that's what you want. Also, I'm looking for artistic submissions for our weird little freak boy mascot. Kind of upset that I had to ask for that. To be be honest. We're going to need some of those. At underscore chops TV on Twitter. Let us see those. You can also find uh, clips of our show on TikTok at underscore Chops TV as well. Including a picture of Weird Little Freak Boy. He's on TikTok too. He is. Weird Little Freak Boy is everywhere. And you may have heard Kit throughout. Like Santa or Christmas. Remember the true meaning of Weird Little Freak Boy. He's always in in our heart. heart. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Chops TV is made possible by people who subscribe to podcasts and viewers like you.